When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Beyond the Scenes, the podcast that goes a little deeper into segments and topics that originally aired on The Daily Show. This is what you got to think of this podcast. Like This podcast is like when you go to a Super Bowl party and you're there to root for your team. But you're also there for the commercials, the halftime show, the chicken wings, the endless pitchers of beer, and to bet how soon your friend Gary's going to pass out from all them tequila shots. Wake up, Gary. Stop being a bitch. It was just 14 shots. That's what this podcast is. I'm Roy Wood Jr., and today we're talking about this weekend's Super Bowl and the legalization of sports betting. Roll the clip. Since the Supreme Court cleared the way for sports betting in the states other than in Nevada, a growing number of states have legalized sports gambling. Sports betting revenue expected to go from $2.5 billion this year to nearly $19 billion in 2023. Wow, the NCAA and professional sports leagues had long opposed sports betting, saying it could hurt the integrity of the game. But as soon as the Supreme Court freed states to legalize sports betting last May, the pro leagues immediately reversed course. Within months of the ruling, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League all made deals with MGM, and the NFL partnered up with Caesars Palace. Today I'm joined by Daily Show correspondent Michael Costa. Costa, it's always good to have you on. How you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good to see you. And we are also joined by gambling industry reporter for ESPN, David Purdom. David, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Now, David, let's talk about the Super Bowl, you know, um, Super Bowl VVXLXI, whatever the hell, the Roman numerals are so stupid, the Romans don't even use them anymore. Anyway, the Super Bowl remains one of the biggest sports betting days of the year, and sports betting is now legal in over 30 states. How did this evolve from an underground world of giving numbers to your bookie and then your bookie line and saying your team didn't cover to the mainstream industry app field world that we know today. It was a slow process for sure, especially compared to other jurisdictions around the world. You know, sports betting was legal in the UK for a long time. Bookmakers are a respected profession over there. While over here, as you said, you know, most of sports betting for the longest of times was done in your bar rooms, your, your bowling alleys, or with your country club bookmaker. Uh, now uh, we got over 30 states that have legalized it and we're catching up quickly. Uh, in the next day, decade, we're going to get big states like California, Texas, Florida. They're going to get 
get into the game. And once they do, this is going to be home to one of the largest betting markets in the world. Hundreds of billions of dollars are going to be bet annually. What was the biggest catalyst that got us there? It kind of drove the acceptance. I believe it was fantasy sports and the sports league's embrace of people wagering on statistical performances. Uh, I think that kind of normalized things and brought sports betting to where we are today into the mainstream. Is there a sense of the convenience of it as well? Costa, do you remember when you have you ever placed a bet on a sporting event? I've definitely placed a bet, but you know, we would my brothers, we would go to Las Vegas for March Madness. Right? We would then wow. sit in the sports book and my brother would lose five hundred betting first half <laughs> UNC on the under and then he would bet a thousand <laughs> UNC second. You know, but that was like, I guess that's old school betting, right, David, to actually go to the casino and sit in the sports book. I mean, now it's just right here. I don't I don't do this. I'm afraid. I think I'm a little weary of how convenient they're making it and how hard they're pushing it. Yeah, it's definitely a change from uh, going up to the counter and handing over cash. Over 90% of the bets, 90% of the money is wagered uh, on your phone these days in, in the states uh, that have legalized it. And of course, even in the states that aren't legal, let's not pretend that there's not an underground bookmaking industry that's still thriving. Uh, you can go down to Costa Rica and there are all kinds of sports books operating down there. And it's not hard to find a bookmaker at any kind of country club or bowling alley, as we mentioned. Okay, now when you say growing, David, let's let's put some numbers to this. How many gotcha. people are we expecting to bet on the Super Bowl this year? And I know the Super Bowl already has and I, I, all of these weird side prop bets, like who will be the first to score? How will the first point to be scored? But how many people are we talking? And how much money is changing hands on average for a Super Bowl gambling yes. as a gambling day? So last year, they estimated about 31 million American adults bet on the Super Bowl. They combined to bet about $7.6 billion. Some of those estimates, they came from the American Gaming Association, and they include some informal polls like your Super Bowl squares and things like that. But, you know, those numbers are going to go up this year because we got new heavily populated states like Ohio, Massachusetts. They launched betting markets in recent months. So, you know, 10% of the adult population will almost certainly uh, have a bet on the Super Bowl. But do you think, David, it's the same people that were betting illegally are now just doing it legally on their phone? Or, and I know what they want, is it new people betting for the first time? I love that question, and it's something that we have not been able to define yet. It's certainly, the pool of bettors is growing, um, but the majority of them were probably betting, you know, offshore. The estimates of how much was wagered on the Super Bowl before legalization were almost in the billions of dollars as well. So while we do think we have a new pool of, of bettors coming up, um, there still is the majority of them. I would believe this is not their first bet that they've ever placed. They were betting long before. Yeah. Now, this is a complicated topic in a sense because, you know, the Daily Show, we have this we have this burden to a degree, David, at least I think we can discuss problems that you already knew about or we can try to inform you about stuff that you didn't even know might eventually be a problem. Like, here's the storm versus, hey, here's what's happening just off the horizon. I feel like this was one of those stories that was a horizon story. So we have to figure out ways to make it make sense for the viewers. And like spoofing is always a simple way to do it. And so I know, Costa, you all spoofed the movie Uncut Gems, which if I'm not mistaken, it was Adam Sandler with a very weird accent. (laughs) 
Um, how did that segment come together? Well, if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, it's wonderful. It's terrifying. It's anxiety. It's a man constantly chasing his losses through gambling. And it's funny. And it's there's some great lines. So we, of course, made the leap, as you do in comedy, elevated it to uh, what's next. If, if we're legalizing so much gambling or you get so deep in that now you're betting on kids' hopscotch games and you're betting on the person at the <laughs> playground shooting free throws. I made a crazy risk, a gamble, but it's about to pay off. I want to put 40 G's on a six-way parlay on today's game. We're just playing horse, mister. Why would you bet on that? This is me! This is how I win! Of course, it's a joke, but it's funny as time has gone on. That was all done before COVID. It is becoming more normalized. Where does this end? You know, in England, David, can't you bet when your son is born that he can that he'll score a goal in the World Cup? It sounds ridiculous, but they take these bets. They do. You can bet on the weather over there. Uh, you, you can bet on whatever you want. And, uh, That's not you know, normal. <laughs> you know, Costa. You know, there's like there's there's some bets on who the next host of the Daily Show is. Oh be. snap! I would hate. I would. There's like it's. Yeah. It's unnecessary, the type of stuff. Where does yeah. it stop, David? Yeah. What else can you bet on? Well, you name it for the Super Bowl, you're going to be able to bet from the pregame to the postgame, you know, from everything from how long the national anthem will go uh, to who the Super Bowl MVP will, will thank first in his postgame speech. So, uh, you know what the biggest one, though, is out of all the thousands of prop bets that they have on the Super Bowl annually, every year, the one that attracts the most money, simply heads or tails on the coin heads flip. Or tails. You're right. You know, I guess my big question is, so what? Like, it's only a problem if you lose your house and family and loved ones because of it. So maybe if we Americans, the humans, like a little wager, is, is, it, prob is it problematic? I guess for me, the concern of it, and this is coming from a man who gambled. I remember one time, because um, <laughs> I can say the name, the casino's gone now, so the lawyers don't have to get all scared. Casino Magic and Biloxi, RIP, Katrina swallowed her into the gulf <laughs> as it deserved to be. Right. Uh, but when I did comedy there at those casinos, they would pay the comedians in a check so that you wouldn't gamble right. your cash at the table. And I wonder how much as we try to tell people gambling is fun, we're not simultaneously talking to them about impulse control and how this is a slippery slope. I think at the best in those gambling commercials, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but there's like really fine print at the bottom of the screen. Like, hey, if you got a problem, make sure you call Frank call 1-800-GAMBLE. But anyway, it's FanDuel. It's like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, the National Council on Problem Gambling will put some numbers on this. They estimate that around three to five percent of people who gamble will develop some sort of gambling disorder. Um, case studies and other jurisdictions have expanded legal gambling. They do receive a spike. And just like we have just expanded legal sports betting, we're almost destined to see a spike in increased problem gambling. Again, we're increasing the pool, right, of the number of bettors. So that percentage, while it may stay the same, we're going to have more problem gamblers. 
So we're probably in that initial stage right now where we're probably going to start hearing about more cases of a gambling addiction. And some of them are really bad. It can spiral out of control. People can lo lose their life savings. There's a high, uh, high rate of, of suicide related to gambling addiction too. So the good thing is these same studies have shown that society usually adapts. We, we enter these new vices into the society. Um, they adjust to them. They, they're impacted upon them. They put the proper protections in and provide help for those who struggle to gamble responsibility. So things kind of level off. That's the hope, at least. But uh, it's going to be a battle. If we're talking about impulse control and making sure that things don't spiral out of control, why did professional sports leagues flip on their opinion? of sports of, of legalized sports betting because you know when you look at pete rose who was a manager but never right. bet on games that he was managing and then you look at i think the nba ref what was his name costa was it donaghy tim tim donaghy yeah okay so he's throwing games and blowing calls on purpose because he's got money on the game so you know professional sports leagues long opposed sports betting for that and they didn't want to corrupt the players. We don't need a franchise in Vegas because it's going to make our players crazy and they're going to gamble all the money. But then the Supreme Court reversed course and then all of the sports leagues was on board. Come on down to the FanDuel.com backslash fantasy football arena. Why did these leagues flip? And how do you think the leagues embracing sports betting changes the landscape of the game and the fan experience? Well, the pivot, uh, these are billion-dollar businesses, NFL, NBA, they like money, right? And when the Supreme Court opened a path for all these states to kind of let, launch betting markets, uh, that was 2018, the leagues really, they knew they didn't have much option other than to embrace it and get on board to this money train. They had to get on board, make sure they had a say, make sure they had a seat at the table. Now, it was definitely quite the whiplash pivot moment. I mean, back, oh, it was about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but Seelig, the former MLA commissioner, he was quoted as saying sports betting was evil. It's going to destroy a sport. Well, you talked about the landscape. If you flash forward today, you got retail sports books at multiple professional league stadiums, including at State Farm Stadium uh, in Glendale, Arizona, which is the site of this year's Super Bowl. Is there any positive coming or destined for some of the revenue? You know, like, do they have to put some of the revenue into youth sports programs? Do they have to put it into gambling education? Please, please tell me yes. Yes, absolutely. They are trying to dedicate. You mentioned youth sports. Some uh, programs are getting that. Uh, a lot of it is going to gambling addiction. I say a lot. Some of it is going to gambling addiction services. Certainly not enough. But they are trying to dedicate this tax revenue. And let's, it is significant tax revenue. So uh, they are trying to put it towards worthy causes. Will it be enough to kind of balance out the negatives that come from it? Uh, that's still you know kind of left to be determined. I, I was doing some Googling. Because I know I'm from the state of Michigan and a lot of the lottery proceeds go to education. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, do all the others, how many other states do that? First of all, like 40 states do that. Of course, that's how you get funding for education in the United States. You have to buy a lottery ticket. But I was hoping with the gambling revenue that's going to be new that we would at least – at least have some positive impact and not just more money for the NFL. David, I'm sorry that my colleague has hope and optimism about people doing the right thing with money. That's, that's cute. Not the general, that's not the general way of the world. 
Uh, but after the break, Costa, I want to talk to you a little bit about being a college athlete. And I want to talk about the implications, David, of sports betting as it relates to the college game and the name and likeness stuff that's going oh, yeah. on as well. Like you had the Chicago Black Sox scandal in 1919 where the White Sox threw an entire World Series could you do that with a college football playoff? How corruptible are the kids? Let's talk about this after the break. This is beyond the scenes. Let me check my Super Bowl fan duel real quick. I'll be right back. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Knicks anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Knicks' biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Beyond the scenes, we are back. We are talking about professional leagues and sports gambling. But what about college athletics? And You know, people bet on college games. Costa, you just said a second ago, you and your brother went to Vegas to bet on the college game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does sports betting, how does this affect student athletes and their mental health and how potentially corruptible is the college game based on all of the money that's moving around? Like college, like, like Costa, you played tennis in college. Yeah. Did anybody, how could somebody <laughs> just come to you? Hey, make sure in this next set you go 30 right. and then come back and double deuce. I got money on this set to go deuce. I, good job using tennis terms. Thanks to college tennis being a non-revenue producing sport. I was, <laughs> I was, I was shielded from a lot of that, but um, this has always been, David can definitely speak to this, but this has always been a very corruptible group. Millions are being made off of them. I don't know the numbers for what CBS paid for the TV broadcast rights for March Madness, but it's a B, it's a billions, it's billions. 
So you're making millions and billions off of these athletes who are not getting paid. So this is this is a enormous opportunity for corruption. David, what do you think? Is am I right? It is. Uh, you nailed it all. And they, these guys are vulnerable, even though the athletes uh, are getting name, image, and likeness deals now. It's not for a lot of them, and some of them are not making a lot of money. And if a kid can't scrounge up a hundred bucks to take someone out on a date, uh, and they may think that missing a couple free throws or turning the ball over isn't that big a deal if somebody's going to give them five hundred dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I guess the key thing that I would want to make that these is- issues existed before legalization, Correct. right? Yeah. We had point saving scandals almost one every five years starting in the 1990s and since we started expanded legal betting we haven't had one in college sports at least that not one that's been exposed yet it does kind of feel inevitable that we will have another but i don't think we should necessarily uh, blame that on legalization in fact i think with the many more eyes that are watching it and, and people are really kind of looking for anything that's nefarious going on, watching the point spreads, is there money coming on a weird game that we didn't think should be there? Uh, you're more likely to get caught if you're trying to pull something of big scale now that everybody has more visibility into the betting market. I, I can also say as a former collegiate athlete that you spent 15 years now, 16 years for this moment your parents refinance their house to send you to basketball, tennis camp, whatever. Your coach rides you all day about your jump shot. You're naturally already have a lot of pressure on you. Uh, If your anonymous Twitter handle is lost 400 bucks because of, you know, you kind of don't give a shit. In my opinion, there's enough pressure already on the shoulders that come from within and come from family and others. So I would think they would be, you know, and I'm just talking this, I would think they maybe wouldn't be as influenced as much as we believe by a stranger's bet. I think what I, what I think also Costa is that what we also have to account for to some degree is how social media and how, like if you've been to a sports book, you know, the range of emotions that happen on that last play and the highs and the lows and the screams and the, the cheering, and people take that straight to social media. Yeah. And if Super Bowl is a perfect example, the Bengals, some would argue the Bengals are not in the Super Bowl because Joseph Asai, I think it's the brother's name, made a dumb play at the end of the game against Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs got an easy, a shorter field goal to go to the Super Bowl. He sat on the bench the entirety of the confetti celebration with the weight of the world on his right. shoulders, and that's a grown man. So imagine being an 18-year-old that fumbles at the goal line in the big trophy game, and now you open up your social media to thousands of rabid gamblers who are blaming mm-hmm. you specifically for that loss on some mental health shit, David. Like, where does this, how does the school then work to try to protect the players from that type of verbal abuse and attacks. It's bad enough when you're dealing with a rabbit fan base, but a rabbit fan base who also lost money. I don't know yeah. if that should be part of the regular weight that a college athlete should have to carry. To Costa's point of all of the other weight that you're carrying, now you're carrying verbal abuse from strangers. 
It's disgusting. It really is. It's one of the things that really drives me crazy. Uh, we're actually doing some reporting on that right now. And there is a company called Sport Radar. It's a big tech company that analyzes a lot of data. And they have actually dedicated a whole department to identifying abusive behavior on social media toward athletes. Uh, so that's one way they are trying to combat it. But it's very, very difficult. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story. There was a kid that they called Parlay Pats. And he was known for making these big parlay bets, right? And he was winning every once in a while and he was really kind of getting some media publicity and ever well sooner or later uh fbi got a hold of him and it turns <laughs> out he was sending uh this awful the worst profane uh, direct messages to athletes i mean we're talking about like we're gonna slit your wife's throat with a with a, a dull blade and your children and all these terrible things and his idea was i'm going to send these to these athletes and get them worried about me and then i'm going to bet against them and so it can get really really mm -hmm. ugly he was eventually convicted and put on some probation for a long time but there are some really really dangers to these and it does scare me and yet it's fun to bet on two teams that I don't know, care. Uh, on a Tuesday night, I'm on the road, Roy. I just bombed at a casino in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Let me go bet a couple bucks on the double-A baseball team, and now I have something to do tonight. It does give everything yeah. stakes. It gives everything stakes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's just there's something with regards to the dopamine Mm -hmm. of it as well that I think where it becomes kind of an addiction thing like I used to play online poker back when that before the Fed shut that down I was up like 400 bucks when the, to this day I haven't got my $400 back from <laughs> poker stars but like that was fun and exciting yeah. to do but on the money side of it David if it's so lucrative and you know the lottery is already getting education coffers stuffed pretty good for a lot of states why isn't every state on board with legalized sports betting? Like like you look at California, right? California had a measure on the ballot and they was like, nah, we're fine. We don't need to legalize that. Even Florida said no, which I was very, you know, I was very intrigued by that. Like what do states have to gain or lose from legalizing sports betting? The fact that Florida said no to anything on the ballot is just shocking. Yeah, politics are in play in all these big states, uh, but it does feel almost inevitable that eventually those three states, those big states, Texas, Florida, California, they're going to get it done. Uh, Texas remains one of the few states without casino gambling, so there's some resistance to all gambling from the conservative nature of that state. That resistance is slowly eroding in the sports leagues and their sports owners over there. Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones are kind of pushing that envelope. Florida and California each have these complex compacts with Native American tribes. They can control the gambling in those states. So it gets a little, real tricky uh, to get it done. Florida is closer to getting it done than California at this point. Uh, but my belief eventually, probably we're next five to seven years, all those will get done if not sooner. And what they gain is that revenue. What they lose is any of the backlash and any of the issues that we've covered. So we got to make sure that revenue is worth taking on the backlash and, and the issues that come about with it. Roy, Roy, do you, you ever bet on high lie in Miami? No, but I've gone to it. I don't That's, bet on shit I don't understand. I mean, that shit is rigged for sure. But my <laughs> dad used to take us, and we would throw down two bucks on some guy and watch him play catch with a basket tied to his hand, and we'd go, what the shit is going on? But it was fun. I have no clue what it is. <laughs> I'm like, if I don't understand the mechanics of it, yeah, <laughs> you know, but the stuff I do understand, I get way too granular on, which is right. just, that's part of why 
I just like I'll buy when the Powerball gets up to a billion, then I'll do that. And if I'm out with buddies in Vegas, I'll do a little bit of blackjack. Um, but, you know, outside of that, most of the gambling that I've done on a regular basis is long term stuff. I got a hundred buck buy in fantasy football pot that I buy into every year with some buddies from college. And then I might do like the I don't know what it's called, David, but at the beginning of the baseball season, I will bet on which team will lose 100 games. And I'll put futures 50 bet. bucks. Yeah, <laughs> futures. futures. I'll put 100 bucks on the Cincinnati Reds to suck. And then all of a sudden they go on a surge in June and you just know, mm-hmm. oh, they're not going to lose 100. They're going to lose 93. Okay, well, I'm done watching baseball all year. How partisan is this issue, David? You know, in the sense of from the lobbying standpoint, from the casinos, from the sports books angle, you know, is this an issue that is dividing Democrats and Republicans or are they just both in the same place of going, hey, the money's got to be right? Yeah, the money's got to be right. Uh, money is not really ever partisan. Uh, and they, everybody knows they can get it. They just got to figure out the best ways they can. And you get the conservative pushback every once in a while that are against the moralists that think uh, uh, gambling is against their morals and it shouldn't be brought upon in a legal setting. Uh, the argument against that, of course, is if we bring it into a legal setting, we're allowed to put in these protections and hopefully kind of try to identify any of the issues that we may have, whether that be a addiction or a game fixing scandal whereas uh, your local bookie down at the at the bar room he's certainly not going to say hey uh, i think you may be betting too much he, and he's going to say hey you want to bet on this next game so there are positive pros and cons for both um for as partisan of it it's not much people uh, they see the money they want to get it their part for someone dealing with gambling addiction it's it's hard to escape because there are constant commercials and ads and promos and it's risk free. The first bet is free. We'll match your first $200 when you put your money in the account. Is enough being done to regulate and enforce responsible gaming? And, you know, David, how do we compare to to other countries? Like what are some of the changes that they've made in Europe with regards to gambling to try to curtail addiction? Yeah, it's going to be tough for anybody to avoid uh, seeing these commercials or uh, the advertisements. Ever they were, used to be up on the on the main uh, buses that were traveling through the Northeast, you would see big ads for FanDuel and so forth. So it's going to be very difficult until we do get some sort of pullback uh, on the advertising, and I do believe that is coming. Uh, in the UK, they've already started that kind of re-looking at uh, how should we keep advertising away from sports, uh, and they are going to do what they call a whistle to whistle ban uh, where you will not allow to be allowed to air sports betting commercials throughout a match as soon as the match starts through the end of it you will not be able to 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 air uh, any kind of sports betting commercials now some of the soccer players still have uh, ads for sports books on their jerseys and you see them around the runners board so uh, there's a lot of things that are going to have to change it's going to make it very difficult for anybody that is struggling w- with sports betting or, or with gambling addiction overall to to avoid them. Wait till Lionel Messi gets like a FanDuel.com tattoo on his head. <laughs> it's coming the way they're putting ads on all the jerseys. But then you have you have companies like DraftKings though, where like they'll advise you on how much money, like you can set how much you're gonna put into your account every week or how much you can wager. And you know they've also donated to the International Center for responsible gaming like they collaborate with all of these different associations and groups and things like that but 
is that placation? Like, if you look at the NFL, right? The NFL threw $6 million at the National Council on problem gambling. That's like one, I don't want to call it Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're like a group that is focused on helping people get past those addictions. Can you, in earnest, be a part of the problem and the solution? Or is the problem not your fault? Because there's always going to be people that overindulge. I think that the latter there, there's always going to be, again, that, that three to 5% of people that gamble will develop some sort of gambling disorder or gamble type problems. Um, we could only try to help them as much as we can. Um, and I, you know, I applaud the NFL for giving the National Council on Problem Gambling all that money that, that that doubled their their national budget. You know that that this is these are not well funded companies. These uh, ones that try to help with gambling addiction. So any kind of money we can get them. And again, I think that's uh, Michael mentioned. It, you know, I think that's a good thing from legalization comes out because you, you, we are trying to help them. We are trying to throw some of the money. While as the corner bookmaker who was offering credit to the local college kid, and all of a sudden he burns through his $500 of credit and he doesn't have that money, well, that local bookmaker isn't saying, oh, hey, you know, let me help you out. Uh, they, they are trying to continue to take that money. So uh, I think there are pros and cons from it. And I do think that if we look at look it all over, there's a little more positivity to, to uh, legalization of sports betting than it were to keep it in an underground. David, you said it's three to five will develop a problem, but I'm willing to bet 200 bucks with you that it's more like 20 percent you willing to take that 20 percent? yeah i'll take that i'll take the okay, under good. on that that's a deal <laughs> what country was you talking about in the first break where you said you can gamble on middle school which kid's england. left I mean, shoe england, is going to yeah. come untied yeah yeah, yeah england England and the weather, you can bet on the weather over there. And uh, I, I don't think we'll ever reach a point where we can say that we've got uh, problem gambling under control. There's always going to be people that struggle with it. Uh, I think the key is trying to identify it quickly. Because like we talked about, things spiral out of control quickly. You think uh, you know, you're know you gonna only be down a thousand bucks, you'll be able to pay that off. All of a sudden you're down 2,000 and you don't got the money and you gotta pay and now you get nervous and then you to make bad decisions to try to get that money. So, so uh, it's going to be an internal challenge for yeah. all the stakeholders. That's why I stopped fooling around with FanDuel and like, all, like I took all that shit off my phone, bro. Like all of the mobile betting mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. DraftKings, uh, the DraftKings commercials, first off, feel like a Red Bull ad. I feel like an ad for like a motorcycle. It's like, get on DraftKings, come on down and bet on your favorite football player. How much more does that type of stuff make people vulnerable to gambling well, addiction that that's i've thought a lot about this and i believe i'm in the camp of people were doing this anyways i'm happy we're legalizing and maybe getting some revenue but what i hate is when my three-year-old daughter eyes are drawn to jamie fox pushing a gambling ad like they, it's almost like the cigarette companies with the cartoons on the boxes at this point. Yeah. They're pushing them too hard. Like, we're adults. Adults should be able to partake in their vices, in my opinion. And gambling is one of those vices. But it seems too aggressive now. And I'm, I want them to slow it down, please. There's definitely something to that, you know, because, like, even with some of the apps that my son uses, 
some of the incentives. And this is this is an educational app to teach you learning. But some mm-hmm. of the incentives. Are, oh, if you answer this question, you get this many coins, and right. then you can double the coins if you answer one more question. It's like some prices right deal or no deal shit. Right. right. All in the effort to get a better hat for your avatar so he can continue on the journey through the learning environment or whatever. But this idea that the apps like David, how does that affect, you know, mental health? Like, do these apps help to introduce more young people into gambling? Because we're talking about 14, 15 year olds where what's the check and balances? Are you 18? Do you promise you're 18? All right. (laughs) Click here. Right. Or hand your your mom hands to the phone, whatever. But gamble, you know, the gamblification they call it of, of mm. video games mm. and, and any time of those things are, are worrisome. It's a big issue over overseas right now. Those uh, loot boxes that they call them, where you're playing a, a CS:GO or what, whatever video game you're playing, and if you get this loot box, it can kind of parlay your your skin of your gun. You get a stronger gun, and you know yeah. people start selling these things on the black market. And there's been lots of discussion on that, so uh, it's something we're going to have to pay attention closely to the number of commercials NFL decided they were only going to do six sports book sports book or sports betting commercials per per game uh, is even seemed like a lot because we went from zero to six Mm -hmm. Um, so I I do eventually think we're going to get some pushback and some regulators are going to say okay we've gone a little too far and to that point David after the break I want to talk a little bit more about what the future of sports betting looks like will they put microchips in our heads will I just think to myself Jalen Hurts over 300 yards, less than two interceptions. And then, bing, it's just automatically taken from my checking account or something. We'll, we'll see what the future of sports betting looks like. This is Beyond the Scenes. We'll be right back. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Knicks anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Knicks' biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelter and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
Beyond the scenes, we are rounding third and headed for home. Wonderful conversation here about sports gambling and things of that nature. Um, real quick, let me check my fan duel real quick. See what's going yeah, on. Yeah, check that. Fan Okay, it's looking good. I think I got my line upset. There we go. David, how far away are we from middle school soccer gambling? Respectively. A long ways. We're not going to okay. get there. They are betting on high school sports, but most of those are done uh, in those illegal sports books in, in the offshore world. But uh, we're not going to get to middle school, and you won't see high school betting uh, <laughs> in, in the legal market. But but Thank I could goodness. see Roy. Every you know everything's going subscription model. I could see where you could bet a season's worth of bets. You know, I could see where they go. Okay, Costa. You keep betting the Lions. Let's just automatically set your bet every Sunday. And you can go in and log in and and remember your password and cancel it if you want. But we're just going to place that for you automatically. I can see that coming. It might already exist. I guess I'm half kidding about middle school soccer. I really do think eventually coming to that. But when we talk about the future of sports betting and what it looks like in the United States, is this something that will eventually extend beyond sports you know we have the this is award season for all mm-hmm. the shows mm-hmm. how much more hardcore are we going to get into that like because i know people bet on the winners but at what point do we just start gambling on the nominees well you do have betting on the oscars it's a it's a pretty big market uh, there'll be over millions of dollars a uh, bet uh, on the academy awards you're going to eventually probably see betting on elections they do that in the uk where the u.s presidential election is one of their biggest political markets uh, there is if it was over here a lot of bookmakers think of betting on the presidency would be the largest betting market we, we offer over here uh, so there will be some evolution of this and continue to grow um, hopefully we'll be smart about it and and not get into middle school soccer. What challenges lie ahead for the sports betting providers other than getting all of these politicians on board by bribing them under the table? <laughs> I think you're eventually going to see some pushback from regulators on advertising. Like what you said, it seems like it will also be inevitable that we're going to have another gambling scandal. Like, you know, we repeatedly had throughout mm-hmm. the history of sports, even before legalization. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money. Whenever there's something with a lot of money involved, nefarious actors come to play. And I really do think there's going to be some awful stories of people who lose everything to gambling addiction. Uh, so the future, it's a little sounds a little scary, um, but I think that as a society, um, we are adults and we should be allowed to use uh, our vices responsibly. Uh, we just have to make sure and try to do that, right? We, we cannot uh, let things get spiral out of control, uh, whether for individuals or as a society as a whole when it comes to gambling. This is what I would do if I was a college kid and I needed to make some money and I was open to being scandalized. I wouldn't take the bet to lose the game, right? That's too big. People might notice that. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you take the money to not have as many assists or in the first half you don't play great and it's a first half bet. I feel like the scandal might be it's not they lost the game or he missed the free throw with no time left. It's always these little like first quarter bets or like, you know, that's that's where you could really yeah. make some money. I'm not, I'm not advising them to do that. No, sure. but I am. Let's go down this road. I like this, Costa. How would I be corruptible <laughs> if I was still playing the game? Like, if you know your quarterback's going to get sacked twice and I'm an O-lineman, then I'm going to bet that he's going to get sacked three times because on one of those plays, I'm going to let the D-lineman go past. And now that's three sacks. And it's only one play out of right. the greater, what, right. 70 or 80 offensive snaps you'll get. So 
did I throw the game or did I just pay for a couple extra textbooks? How much money are you trying to make off that? Right. I'm trying to retire, David. <laughs> You're trying to retire. You're not going to be able to retire on betting on sacks. The right. way that right. books combat that is they put limits on it. So you may be able to get it, you know, a mm. few thousand dollars down at one book, maybe 500 at another book. But you're not going to make retiring money on there. The big markets are the, the to win the game. Or oh, I didn't know that. The, game, the point spread, right? Uh, Those are the okay. ones that have the biggest limits. So uh, if you're going to try to retire off some sort of match fixing scheme, and you know it is a federal crime, and you would serve time if you were caught, uh, you're going to have to play uh, to to you know win the game or cover the spread, and you're going to have to be able to disguise your money, right? You can't put all this right. money, millions of dollars on some random oh, uh, low level college basketball game. And then where do you deposit that without having to report it? Now you got to hide the money in the backyard, like Denzel Washington and American gangster. And then the rats start eating your money, like the drug dealer in bad boys too. Cause you got so much cash. You can't <laughs> wash it. I mean, we're basically, right, we're, we're back to uncut gems. <laughs> <laughs> so last question then for both of you all. What are your predictions for the Super Bowl? Who are you betting on? Do you bet, David? We never even asked you that. I am the worst better uh, there ever is. I, my Twitter profile <laughs> says I write about gambling, but I am not good at gambling, and it's true. So, with that said, I'm going to take heads on the coin toss. Okay. I'm not an enormous football fan, but I'm an America fan, and I love how we make it a spectacle. I love nobody entertains like Americans. So I usually get in on those like commercial bets. Who's the first beer ad? I like the bets about the commercials or how many Dorito ads are there going to be. And as uh, far as the game goes, I'm staying off. I'm staying away from that. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now, friends, I've got some hot tips. That's the other thing we didn't even get to talk about was yeah. these gambling these experts guys, guys yeah, who yeah. just said, hey, guys, hot tip. <sighs> Eagles over Mahomes just found out Patty Mahomes didn't have his traditional smoothie that he has pregame. You got to take the over on these guys, man. They're just looking good. Traditionally in games under 50 degrees in a Western time zone, I just think you can't stop Jalen Hurts in a way. Like, they get so granular on the stats. I'm like, you are on cocaine. I do not trust you in the least. I wish we had more time to talk about this, but this is extremely, extremely fascinating. David, Michael, Thank you for going beyond the scenes with me. Much love. Check my fan. Do it one more time. Listen to The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.